I met uh, violence and, and death uh, before I came to Buddhism because I'm uh, part of a bereaved family. My, my younger brother, Eitan, was killed in the 73 war as a soldier. And that was before I met Buddhism. Uh, later on, I found that the, the Buddhist path guides me in, in my life as a, as a healing process, as a way of realizing that you know, one can choose uh, the path of, uh, of the, the way of, uh, of revenge, violence, continue the, the cycle of suffering. And one could uh, choose to embrace the pain and um, look for ways of relieving it. One can choose. Elon Lutenberg was first introduced to Buddhism while studying philosophy in university. And he began practicing the path in 1996 with a variety of teachers from both the Theravada and Mahayana traditions. He was a founding member of Akoda and Middle Way, organizations that brought tools and insights from the Buddhist practice into social action, promoting a culture of nonviolence, compassion, and peace. He co-translated the books End of Time by Krishnamurti, What the Buddha Taught by Walpala Rahula, and Samasati, an exposition of right mindfulness by Venerable P.A. Payuto into Hebrew. Elon is a co-founder of the Buddhism in Israel website and the program One Dharma, Many Paths. As a teacher, his approach combines the practice of meditation with practical applications for daily training and a way of life that brings release and liberation from suffering. You are listening to Sit, Breathe, Bow, podcast for practitioners. Each week, leading Buddhist teachers share life experiences and insights to help guide your meditation practice, as well as your life off of the cushion. I'm your host, Ian White-Marr. This podcast is sponsored by the Quantum Online Sangha, a virtual Zen practice community of the International Quantum School of Zen. Members of the Online Sangha meditate together, study with teachers, and participate in workshops and courses to develop their practice. To find out more, visit quantumzenonline.org, where you will find a promo for a free month of training on the homepage. So, Ilan, you first came across Buddhism in as a university student while you were studying philosophy. And so was it the uh, philosophy of Buddhism, or how did you first encounter the, the Dharma? Well, it was... Uh general philosophy and with general philosophy came Eastern philosophy and from there it was um, I met Buddhism you know Eastern philosophy and Buddhism not only Buddhism but immediately I felt that um, I could say it blew my mind really literally I uh, I felt um, a longing to to delve into it because it's, it's in a way it has opened uh, a window of, of uh, deep search in me that has been 
I've been operating for many, many years and uh, didn't know much about Buddhism, but I felt that uh, there is there is a there is an opening for me to really start searching, start questioning mainly. So that was my introduction and. Um, no, and so how long was it until you started practicing? Um, pretty soon, I must say. I, within a few months, I realized, oh, a few months, yes. I realized I started reading uh, vigorously everything I could find. And, um, but I realized that um, there's a practice, but also a practice because I read about meditation and I started started wondering questioning what meditation is uh, big word meditation and um, and I felt uh, drawn to um, to experience it Buddhism as a way of life must involve all aspects of life uh, not necessarily only on the cushion and uh, and, and I um, I start, especially in this in this country where we live, you know, this place, uh, which is um, surrounded with so much uh, tension, so much, uh, well, I could say, pain, suffering, uh, violence, uh, disagreements, everything that um, that. Uh, if you can view it, if you can look at it, if you can really um, use the Buddhist view, Buddhist approach to, to life in general, and, and of course to practice, uh, it should be more. It should be more comprehensive. It should be more inclusive. I mean, in other words, it's of course it's very good to sit on and, and develop your develop your own. Uh, your own practice and work on your own issues, and inevitably you you will you will influence and you will integrate this into your life, and and others will benefit, not yourself, from your mode of, of being. Actually, uh, yet I I felt that uh, there's a need to. To really combine it with, with more what we might call you know, Dharma, engaged Buddhism or Dharma practice, which will also involve this kind of uh, activities. So together with friends, we founded uh, Akoda was the the first um, group in which we were not really. Um, we can't say we were activists. We we took upon ourselves to study the different aspects of, of what today we call engaged Buddhism. What does it mean in looking into traditions, into the into the text, into the teachings? Where where did and how did Buddhism approach social issues? Where does the questions of of ethics you know, come in? Of sila, what does it mean to be to live you know, moral life, to live ethical life? Can it be done only by you, you know, keeping your own 
in within your own boundaries, your your, your ethic codes, and and, and how, the, how what does it mean? What does it mean to really understand that uh, you know what is a basic core teaching of Buddhism? That nothing exists. You don't exist independent of everything which surrounds you. So, so this calls immediately to way to life of involvement in many issues, you know, other issues, which especially in Israel were very relevant to to life here. You also work with one to one. Can you can you tell? Uh, can you say a little bit about your experience with with that, and also how it's changed your practice and like. Who, where your practice has gone over all of these years with social social justice, or you know, finding out about yourself, but social justice, and then also now dealing with people through a sort of hospice, almost. Yes, well, that's uh, that's a big, a big, significant part of my my path, I could say, because uh, I was um, I met. Uh, violence and, and death uh, before I came to Buddhism because I'm uh, part of a bereaved family. My my younger brother, Ethan, was killed in the 73 war as a soldier. Mm. And that was before I met Buddhism. Uh, later on, I found that the, the Buddhist path guides me in, in my life as a as a healing process, as a way of realizing that you know one can choose uh, the path of, uh, of the, the way of uh, of revenge, violence, continue the the cycle of suffering, and one could uh, choose to embrace the pain and um, look for ways of relieving it. One can choose which way to go, starting from such a uh, devastating uh, tragedy on a personal level, uh, the whole family. Uh, but choosing uh, this specific path, uh, really questioning, really going into a very, very deep inquiry. How can I alleviate? How can how can I could say use this this uh, opening of, of way of looking really looking into your own personal tragedy into your own personal meeting with the inevitable that everything is temporary everything is nothing lasts forever and meeting it in such a violent way really puts you in front of this uh, life reality in a very, very um, harsh, very challenging way. So Buddhism really opened uh, a way of, uh, of life with suffering, um, with questioning, with not taking everything for granted. So when you come to one-to-one, -one, 
Is it a form of giving back that you're thinking about? Or what's your relationship with one-to-one? I think well, formally, formally, and, and this is what I do, I, I mentor. I mentor uh, volunteers who, who guide uh, people who are, who are sick or facing... Uh, facing uh, uh, life-threatening diseases, cancer, and so on. So I, I like Jonathan, my friend who interviewed uh, a while ago, we, we mentor the, the volunteers. In other words, we give them guidance we, because it's not, uh, it's not easy to, to face in situations and they need the support and they need to, to have... Uh, to, to bring up uh, difficulties that come up, to seek guidance from us as uh, experienced uh, teachers, Dharma teachers, meditation teachers. But the main, the main, the main uh, support that we offer in one-to-one is uh, the, um, the, the practice of meditation as a way or as a tool of, uh, of uh, really just taking... Um, um, using uh, all the all the benefits that uh, meditation um, gives people, not necessarily who are not necessarily sick or facing uh, life-threatening diseases, in terms of in terms of anxiety, in terms of in terms of fear, in terms of uh, facing the unknown or the approaching death. In the, in terms of and also physical pain and and and, and thoughts and, and worries and, and so on everything which one faces when when, when um, you know disease or the, the breakup of all of everything which was uh, which was in a way you know just in a way so to speak uh, known and safe you know. Um, life, life, uh, usual everyday normal life uh, have changed, and uh, people face um, many, many challenges. Many, many challenges that meditation, and not only meditation, dharma, really the view of the dharma, can be very beneficial. Not to all of them, to most of them. And so we guide, we guide uh, the volunteers who are experienced uh, meditators, and Dharma practitioners. We guide them in in, in the the work that they do with the, with the people who they meet once a week uh, in their homes mostly, and um, and practice one on one with uh, with them. So. I, I I think it's a for everyone. I think it's a it's a very deep deep practice, very challenging practice to face people to come to really guide them and lead them in this space, in this space, in this unknown, in this um, life shattering situations. Um, Really offer a ground, a safe. You know, in Hebrew it sounds it sounds better. We talk about 
about e-shaket, e-shaket, shaket is quiet, e-shaket is the, the negative, e-shaket is disquiet. And, and e in Hebrew is also an island. So to take in Hebrew, it sounds, it sounds good. To, to move from e-shaket to an island of sheket, or an island of peace and quiet. So, so if we can give them for a few moments, uh, give them this, this island through the use of meditation, through the practice of meditation, some peace, some quiet, some, some relief, I would say, even for a few moments from this challenge that they're facing, from the, from the life that... Uh, it looks so so uh, grim, so uh, frightening, so scary, and, um, and and I think it's a it's a it's a very challenging practice for for the people who volunteer. So I found myself a uh, really um, uh, very much uh, involved. I think it's a I think it's. Um, one should thank the opportunity to to guide people in this uh, in these situations to to walk along with them so you also host a a, a website called buddhism in israel uh, and i'll link to that in the show notes uh, it's in hebrew but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what goes on uh, on on the website yeah this is uh... This is also a very interesting story. Um, when the Dalai Lama, because there are many, Israel is very vibrant in terms of uh, Buddhism. There's so many groups, so many traditions. The visit when the Dalai Lama, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, visits is Israel. Uh, when he said, I remember he said, uh, one Dharma, one Dharma. You know? Why don't you join together? Why don't you work together? All, this, uh, all these groups. So um, we, um, the Avi Peer, which I mentioned, my, my Dharma brother, uh, came to me and he said, why don't we, um, why don't we create um, a body, a body which will combine all the activities, and regardless of what tradition, just to offer uh, a stage, really, a stage for all, every, 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 everyone who's interested, not, not necessarily practices, but everyone who's interested in Buddhism, to study, to go, to listen, to go to retreats, to, to find out, to, to read, to learn. Uh, why don't we create this, uh, this website, which will be um, a stage, you know, free of charge, of course, a stage of, uh, of Buddhism, a portal, one could say, of, of Buddhism in Israel. And we actually we called it Buddhism in Israel. It's all done on a voluntary basis, and it started as a website. But but over the years, we started translating into Hebrew. But the first the first book which we translated together was uh, what the Buddha taught by Walpola. Uh, Raula, one of the prominent uh, Buddhist uh, scholars, monk scholars, uh, it's considered a classic of uh, Theravada, of early Buddhism. And so we translated 
we spoke into Hebrew and we started uh, translating uh, um, teachings and articles by prominent uh, leading Buddhist um, teachers from the internet and we um, we issue uh, internet magazine in which we translated I think every I don't want to say every niche, but many, many uh, leading and senior uh, teachers uh, into Hebrew. It's, it's a very, very uh, popular, and, uh, and we, uh, there's, uh, there's so many, uh, countless people work already. It started as a website, but all this tremendous work is being done on a entirely on a voluntary basis, you know, hosting the the site, translating, editing. Uh, it also comes out as a, in hard copies. Every once in a while, we print it out and and give it free of charge, of course. And um, and um, um, one path, many dharmas. One dharmas, many paths, is also a a project that came out of Buddhism in Israel, in which we we gather uh, four times a year, we gather a panel of leading Buddhist teachers to talk about, to discuss, to give uh, lectures and, and Dhamma talks and, and a panel around different issues, different themes of uh, in, that uh, Buddhism uh, addresses. And uh, our website and um, and uh, also the our Facebook uh, group has become over the years uh, the, um, the the marketplace of Buddhism. Every I think uh, we have now over I would say ten thousand I think uh, members and groups and discussions from every every sort and every direction and every tradition. And and th th this this really so many uh, so many volunteers who are involved in all the different activities of Buddhism in Israel, uh, which really in my heart uh, started with uh, Avi Per, my my friend and myself, and uh, and now it involves a. Uh, a big, big sangha of, of people who really, you know, when, when when we joke about it, we say that we we work on, you know, in Buddhism in Israel, and and uh, as a part time, we also work for our, you know, for, for our families to uh, to support our families. So this, this is the main. This is this has become <laughs> our main occupation. So uh, so it really is a uh, really. Uh, proud of it and it's beautiful but uh, it's taken it's taken time and energy and uh, many many hours but we of work and but we do it uh, lovingly of course thank you for listening to this episode of sit breathe bow i hope you found the conversation with elon lutenberg encouraging and helpful for your practice if you read hebrew you can find out more by visiting the website for buddhism in israel at buddhism-israel.org i'll also post a link in the show notes 
A special thanks to our sponsor, the Quantum Online Sangha. Listeners of this podcast are eligible for a free month of training, which includes live Q&A interviews with Zen teachers, discounts on webinars and online classes, and access to a private community where students can discuss their practice and receive guidance. To access your free month of training, simply visit quantumzenonline.org and click on the free trial membership button on the homepage. And please consider subscribing and leaving a review of this podcast. It helps introduce us to new listeners. I'm your host, Ian White-Marr, and I hope you'll join me again next week.